All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You know what pisses me off, man? So I'm watching the Devils game last night against the Washington Capitals. There's just one game on the slate. Reminds me a lot of last spring where Matthew Kachuk was the flavor of the week. He's the best player on the planet. He's the best American. People trolling Austin Matthews left and right. No disrespect at all to Jack Hughes. He has 17 points in six games or something like that to start the year. But he's the talk of the town, and you get one person on social media be like, is he the best American player ever? And I guess he's better than Austin Matthews now. <laughs> Flavor of the week, buddy. Those The numbers he's putting up are, are pretty, pretty wild. Yeah. Hot start as can be. I don't know, man. Tell Austin to put up 60 again, which he's on pace for, for sure. Uh, and the story will change, but I don't know those, those rankings and stuff with young players with a handful of games in the league is just so stupid to me. Like let's compare careers when the career is finished, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he will be, maybe he won't be, but he hasn't eclipsed Matthews as of yet, but shit, what a hot start he's on. Dude, those numbers are like McDavid esque. <laughs> Look at that. 28 shots on goal plus one. 13 apples, four goals, and just six games. And the Devils, they can't get a save either. So as we've talked about that in Toronto, it's the same across the league for the majority. And the Devils are a team many pegged to win the Stanley Cup this year. But it just grinds my gears. Again, taking nothing away from Jack Hughes off to an epic start. He's been one of the better players in the NHL for a couple of years now. But right away, because he has 17 points in six games, now he's automatically the flavor of the week. And he's the best American player in the league right now. I think there's one best American player in the league and he resides in Toronto still in Arizona in the off season. T dot. Yeah, man. It's, I don't know. Media guys want to do that. They want to, they got to talk about something. And with that hot start, they got to build it into something. Doesn't bother me. But when do you remember when the leagues was so worried about scoring being down goalies were big equipment was big. It was hard to score clutching and grabbing. and the sticks weren't as good. And now it's just like, we're looking at like, 
80s numbers going on like guys scoring crazy there's a seven six games all over the place guys have got 15 points in six games it's wild man they're scoring like crazy these kids can shoot these days and the scores are back up it's kind of nice to see it makes it more exciting and entertaining especially for the folks down in the states who aren't used to hockey I actually attribute it to just the first month of the season to me. And again, I don't have the numbers to back it up, but it seems like every October to n- nobody can make a save. I know there's a couple mm. goaltenders off uh, to, to really good starts. We talked about off air Vegas, uh, Colorado and Alexander Georgiev, Jordan Bennington. There's some guys who are off to hot starts, but it seems like the majority of the league. And we always ask goalies when they come on this show, like, why is that the case? And nobody seems to have an answer, but I always sort of write off, the crease in October. I think that's why we're seeing these. Maybe it's because teams aren't locked into their systems just yet. Mm, could be, could be. I'm not just talking about right now, just kind of in general. In general but yeah, yeah, that could be a thing to do with it while we're seeing an extra hot start right now. Maybe it takes the goaltenders uh, an extra minute to find their find their gear and find their, their groove. But uh, there's definitely some guys that are shooting out the lights this early in the season. Total Gamer 1, bring back wooden twigs. They should have like... These type of like legacy games where you're only allowed to use equipment from like the 80s. I think that would be unbelievable. I mean, they would never pass insurance. The NHLPA would never sign off on it, but I think it'd be cool. How about the the leather skates too, man? Like just kind of gliding around at, I don't know, 45% effort levels and smacking it around with uh, straight blades. It'd be kind of funny to see what those guys could do with it. I think guys would go to backhand a lot and just wire that thing with the straight curve. But uh That'd be interesting. Same as golf when you you tell guys to use the old feather ball and and the uh, the niblicks and the hickory shafted sticks and stuff like that. Uh, it's interesting because it shows how far the game has progressed and then hockey's no exception. They should have games where you're only allowed to wear the feather off skates. You ever like did, did any of your buddies have those skates growing up? Yeah, there was a guy. It they was, were like bricks. They were bricks. They're just big, heavy things, but man, they stood out. Nobody had white skates. Everything was jet black. And then the Fedorov skates came out with that white webbing look. And I remember a couple of guys, I must've been an Adam or something like that, had them. And it was just like, my goodness, look at those things. But, you know, usually guys got chirped back then and people were getting used to it. But yeah, Fedorov had 60s. Oh, so much, so much Steve's. I used to love Alex Kovalev back in the day. I think pound for pound, the best hands in NHL history. I know it's tough to say that, but dude, that guy was so talented, but it just depended on the night if he wanted to show up or not. Yeah, big time, big time. He has, uh, he's got highlight reels that are oh. Datsukian style, but there's a couple of uh, of highlight reels out there too, where he's just out to lunch, no effort, completely shuts it down. So he was a guy where uh, I'm sure he frustrated the hell out of his coaches because talent and ability out the arse, but uh, he didn't always he didn't always bring it. But man, speaking of bringing it, uh, I'm not sure if you caught yesterday's show in any capacity, but I got the chat going because I said Jack Campbell likes to walk his cats. So I got a response right away from Tammy today. Hey, Nick, I have a bone to pick with you. That's fair enough. It's in all caps, too. So Tammy means business. Mm-hmm. Cats are awesome, by the way. And I also take my cat out on walks, just like Campbell. Plus, it's a great conversation starter. Yeah, you're right. Actually, if you're looking a wheel, take your cat out for a walk. So maybe, no, Jack Campbell's married, I think. But if you're looking a wheel, buy a cat, take it for a walk, and sane people are going to walk up to you. I don't know. Sometimes girls and ladies have a, a tendency to be too involved with their cats and get the moniker crazy cat lady. I don't think I'd want to get involved with that. I'm a dog guy. I'm, I'm yeah. Cats to me, they don't bring a whole lot to the table, but people who like cats sure do like cats, mm-hmm. especially girls. They seem to have an affinity for them. Sometimes uh, maybe that's wrong to say. I don't really care. But yeah, walking a cat on a leash seems weird. I'm, I'd like to see the very first time you throw a leash on that thing in a, a harness or whatever and see that thing walking around all uncomfortably. But do what you want to do out there, Tammy. Yes, exactly it. I just think if you're going to go to that level, you want to walk a pet, just just buy a dog. Uh, Patrick G. Mafia writes in, the guy in my neighborhood tried to hit on my wife. He never walks by my house now. Let's just say that. Man... <laughs> This chat's on fire here, but we appreciate you all at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe on YouTube at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube. Just search Leafs Morning Take. I hope everything's okay with Rosie over there. I don't know what he's shifting. Oh, he needs a covered bridge in there. He's wearing the covered bridge hat today too, right? That's true. My kids were digging through my chip pile and wrecked up my uh, <laughs> my background. Don't touch the chips, damn it. Um, I didn't did realize they gave us a, a bucket either. 
They What's gave that? us some swag too. I didn't realize my kids dug to the bottom of these boxes and found some uh, hats and shirts and stuff. So we're covered bridge right out. You're going to see Rosie's kids go to school with a DoorDash t-shirt, a covered bridge <laughs> hat, maybe a bottle of Crown Royal, all in one. Probably not the bottle. We don't chips, endorse that. Chips for lunch too. Just teachers shaking their head. I love it. Why not? They're that good. Yes, they're fantastic. I've been munching through them as well. Did you see Austin Matthews on Pat McAfee yesterday? No, I don't think I did. Okay, so check it out. Um, and I, I love the McAfee show. I don't know if you've checked it out ever, but those guys are hilarious. They had Austin Matthews on, which is great. It's great to know Austin Matthews did, does out-of-market interviews, right? He does out-of-market. That's not with TSN or Sportsnet. That's great to see. He went on with ESPN, did a really, really good interview. And I love seeing his personality. But A, it's good for the game. You get an Arizona kid. And B, it's good exposure for the Maple Leafs to get him on the McAfee train. Yeah, because the uh, the Maple Leafs need a lot more exposure to the media, right? <laughs> it? yeah. It's good for the game down south. I like that. Good for the game down south. American kid from the desert. Anytime he's exposing our game to the American climate is a good thing, I think. And I like seeing their personalities too. It's, uh, yeah. you know, these kids are different nowadays and they, they wear weird stuff. And that's just coming from a guy who's getting older, right? I'm sure when mm-hmm. we had our stuff on, people were shaking their head and we had long hair and we'd dye it for the playoffs back in the day and wore baggy pants. And I had buddies with like big, big wide suits and stuff in the early 2000s. And I'm sure, oh. sure guys my era were, uh, or my, my age were looking back at our era shaking their heads too. So it's nice when they get out there, put themselves out and show themselves they got a little bit of personality because it's, uh, you could say hockey's been been knocked for being boring personality-wise in the past. Man, you know what I was thinking about the other day? Remember growing up, it would never happen today. I doubt it happens anymore because I guess it's considered hazing. But like when I didn't play like good enough hockey, but my buddies played rep and they would play in the playoffs and they would like dye all their hair blonde. You remember that? Well, imagine yeah. imagine trying to get a full team on board with that now. One parent would, would complain, somebody would get canceled, the season would be over. I don't know. I think it still happens. This, it, uh, it? it was like Adam double a team in our town last year. My buddy coached it. He, yeah. uh, they all went blonde hair for playoffs and hazing or bitching. Are you kidding me, man? It's a, it's a team camaraderie thing. It's a, it's a, let's do something together to show we're in it together thing. I don't mind it at all. Yeah. My dad said, you better not be dying your hair. He's kind of old school cowboy. And I came with Love absolute blondisma bleach blonde and we were playing junior A. My brother was playing too. So we were both at the dinner table with absolute bleach blonde hair. And he just shook his head and then ended up laughing, but nothing wrong with it. Get going with your kids. It's no different than growing a playoff beard, do something for Movember. That's got a better cause behind it, obviously. But uh, anytime a whole team's doing something together, that's, bullshit if you call it hazing or something like that william writes in rosie go back to rock in the mullet i'd love to see you in a mullet you never had a mullet my bangs were like down to here but uh i don't know i don't i don't think i'm gonna be rocking that long of hair anymore be interesting to see be fun to have it for like a week but it's a commitment to get it out to that long i had the buzz cut for a while now i'm doing this thing up here but i won't lie like i hate how the camera looks sometimes looks like i'm thinning out more than i am and there there could be a day when i show up on this show dude and just i've called it (laughs) buzz cut see you later no i think you're a ways away from that man i got buddies and like my brother they had to do that in their 20s it's people don't talk about that enough like uh you know, men, it's strictly for men. They lose their hair for no good reason. It's probably <laughs> devastating to them. And it happens Buddy. sometimes in like their mid to late 20s. Like what is with evolution and that? As if a guy needs to be losing his hair at that age and women don't do it. It's something that men suffer from that isn't talked about enough. They uh, <laughs> they should get a little bit more sympathy for that because it sucks, I imagine. We need a fucking support group, damn it, for bald men. Um, I, I would be on a one-way flight to Turkey, dude. I don't know if you've seen this. There's always viral videos on social media of people going to Turkey, getting their hair done, and coming back 48 hours later. And they're they're all on one plane together. I think it's hilarious. Is it plugs or what? I don't know what it is, but they seem to have it down to a science in Turkey. And it, it, apparently, it's, it's way cheaper. Aaron's writing in the chat right now. One of my buddies is going to Turkey to do that. So... Just imagine that, like one of your buddies that you're tight with, you're talking on a daily basis, then he goes off the grid for like two weeks. You, you, you probably know where he is. He's in Turkey getting you well, lid. That's a problem with it. It's uh, once you go bald, if you go fix it, it's uh, it's pretty obvious to everyone what uh, what's going on. I'm getting some grays coming in pretty heavy. And yeah, my man. wife's like, why don't you put just for men? And I'm like, I'm not dying my hair for the rest of my life. If she goes gray, she goes gray. 
Oh, natural. I always say what you see is what you get with me. I'm sorry. Like I have people in my life who are just, that's, that's all I think about is their head. I lose it. I lose it, man. It's just part of life and it does suck. So I'm happy you brought that up. Uh, brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer. Thanks to DoorDash. You don't have to worry about cooking dinner or running to the store anymore. For a limited time, our listeners slash viewers can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25. That's NATION25, uppercase for NATION25. Please note that the offer is currently only valid in Canada, subject to change. Terms apply. Uh, first and foremost, should mention in about uh, 15 or so, Mike Comito, uh, author of Leafs 365 Daily Stories from the Ice, is going to drop by. We're going to dish on his book, get some stories, uh, some cringe stuff, uh, some anger, some emotion, all of that coming up with Mike Comito in about 15. But the leadoff story on today's show, and I'm selfish about this because I love the draft, not so much for the draft, Rosie, but for the extracurriculars, if you know what I'm saying. I told you some mm. stories from Nashville a couple months back. The NHL's 32 teams voted overwhelmingly in favor of decentralizing the draft, which would mean teams would stay at their headquarters in their cities. So we were talking about this last night via text. Like, this means no more walk up to the podium, no booing Gary Bettman. It's going to be a changing of the guard in this league. Yeah, I was surprised to hear that. I didn't know it was an issue at all. Uh, I heard about them talking, you know, bringing down the size of, of each organization's table so it's not 15 guys. Like, I don't think you need that many guys uh, throwing their input by that time. Come draft day and draft weekend, you should have your stuff in order a little bit where you don't need 17 people. And if things do change and big trades happen, you probably need your top four or five guys there. But I guess teams are complaining about other teams overhearing them and, and what their plans are. It just seems like the reasoning for it's kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, money wise, I'm sure it costs a lot of money to set that up and whatnot, but you probably get some TV revenue from it. It's not like it's the NFL draft, no doubt. But to me, you look back over the years and you see like the things that come of it, like Matt Sundin and his Nordique stuff, like the worst bucket on the planet. He looks like an absolute duster on the stage. And then, you know, like Eric Lindros doesn't put his jersey on. You get these stories and you see these people stand up with their families and they're ready to go, you know, the first few picks and you get to see what mama bear is looking like. Maybe she yeah. brings a sister along. It's nice. Check things out and you get that <laughs> historic moment. You walk up and, and, and then they say, welcome to the NHL. I love that, man. And, you're not going to get that anymore. That kind of sucks. That's kind of a, a rite of passage for those for those first rounders that they get to go do that. So it sucks they're not going to do it. I wonder if they're going to mix in some new template. I'm sure they're going to be sending cameras out in these guys' living rooms and whatnot and see them hug their parents still from, uh, from location. But it kind of yeah. sucks because, like you say, it was an event. You get to see them walk up the stage and blah, blah, blah. It's, I guess it's not the end of the world. It just kind of sucks they're changing it. I guess I don't like change. Yeah, I'm a traditionalist too, and I won't lie. Like, there's been some rocket launcher moms uh, in the past, man. I'm gonna miss that point of it. That's a really, really astute point for you to bring up. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, I'm just a traditionalist, man. Like, I love the whole Gary Bettman getting booed thing. Um, I, I love just the the ambiance, the atmosphere around a draft. Like, I've been to a variety of different drafts, and again, I'm selfish. I just want to party after it. But I think a change, at the very least, needed to be made because it's a bore in there, and I think it's way too long. But Again, I have flashbacks of the pandemic, that virtual second day draft that they did a couple of years ago was like seven hours long. So if you want to go virtual, that's one thing, but you better nail it. That, that That's what I wonder about. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It's tough, man. And, and it happens so close to free agency to uproot yeah. an entire organization and get them to Nashville or thing. wherever it is that yeah. year. That's difficult. But why do you have to have it so close to free agency? What's, I guess, the league still playing? I don't know if you'd go June 15th. What 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 weeks the, the cup traditionally handed out? And I guess it starts to to mush into each other quite a bit. So I guess I get it. It's just, I hope it doesn't take away from, you know, the prestige of being drafted. I hope it doesn't take away from those moments where, you know, you see a guy first shake the hand of the GM where, you know, Sidney Crosby is going to be a penguin for life type of thing. It's, uh, it's unfortunate if it's a step backwards, but you know, maybe I don't know they have a good track record of, of doing new age things online. If it's going to be some hokey bullshit that you just shake your head at, I hope it's not wrecked, but I guess they're going to give it a try. Not this year, but the, the, the following year, 2025, 
we'll see if it goes at the at the end of the day it's not the end of the world but it's kind of sucks that you're not going to get that uh that initial draft of those first couple of picks or looking at that guy who's just biting his fingernails who you thought was going to go in the top five and yeah you know the first rounds winding up and what the hell's going on but i guess it'll happen anyway they'll just have to change it up a little bit and hopefully it's good there's even a chance that the 2024 draft could be decentralized like i i I would love a final swan song. It's been rumored that it's Vegas because we were supposed to go out to the draft this year. If you and I get out to Vegas, we meet with some of our fans and our listeners and our viewers. We do some podcasts like a final swan song. Having said that, if Nashville was the final swan song, I'm cool with that too. But it sounds like the NHL has got in, in visions of like going different. I don't even know how to phrase it with some of the settings, the locations, like they want to do one from the sphere. But again, you're limited with how many people you can have in there. I guess Pluto could be an option, but I, I will give them the benefit of the doubt considering this is the league that created the Winter Classic and the outdoor game, and who would have envisioned that like 25 years ago, right? Yeah, that's something they've done that's uh, been solid, and you know we've had you know the powers that be in the NHL on this show talking about how the process goes for the All-Star game and whatnot. Um, it wasn't long after we... <laughs> I think I tore up the All-Star game shenanigans yeah. pretty hard only to get the main man I got back. fired because of you from the NHL. They're like, Nick, you're not coming back. Uh, shit. Oh, well, nah, but, uh, no, I think that winter classics, a good, a good, uh, thing to point out where they got it right. That's something that I remember when they first did it, it's like, oh, that's cool. And now it's just become this rite of passage where, you know, yeah. the heritage classic, the winter classic, uh, it's happening every year and it's something people look forward to coming up this weekend as well. So, uh, mm-hmm. that's something exciting where they got it right. And hopefully they nail the draft, whatever it ends up being. Steve Mayer, of course, the name who guessed it on this right. show last year, by the way, I was in New York like a month ago. He agreed that he'll come back on maybe with some uh, new information regarding All-Star Weekend later on this season. Will Justin Bieber Yo. there be there? Who knows? I mean, wink, Yo. wink, nudge, nudge. But I think they got some big plans in place for All-Star Weekend. Again, that will continue. Imagine they go virtual with All-Star Weekend, and I'm just losing faith in humanity. But I think that will uh, that will continue. Uh, by the way, I think producer Aaron has a draft photo of Matt Sundin. So please, there it is. Look at the lid on him. Goodness. <laughs> so Bush League, man. It's funny because the draft never used to be a big deal. Like there's uh I know. Was it like the Dan Marino draft or some draft? And it's like there's a documentary on it. I can't remember what specifically, sorry, but they're they're showing the draft and it's like this tiny little a place where you'd have like a team dinner in a hotel, like us little little conference room and the the nfl draft was there i think it's like late 80s and it's like my goodness has it come a long way but it goes to show it doesn't have to be in this massive product production and uh coho revolution is that ever a nice twig oh. and sundin had some wild some wild drip out there dude i had this like coho twig that i played street hockey with growing up it was like round you ever seen one of those it was like yellow and black but it was round it wasn't like square oh no i have not i only dude, know it was coho revolution yeah, it was filthy. I don't even remember the make, but it was filthy. And I used to to score with that goal. But uh, I always remember like the first time I got a one piece stick, man, my my brother had a connection and Patrick O'Sullivan, who's sort of doing media right now, was on the Miss Saga team in the OHL. And anyways, I got an O'Sullivan twig. But next thing you know, I go to college and I'm using this one piece playing ball hockey and some asshole stepped on my twig in the gym and I fucking snapped. I said, dude, that's my that's my goal maker right there. And yeah, so that was that was it for that one. I think it was a grip synergy. That used to be a sick move at the faceoff. Oh. Just stomp a guy's blade. <laughs> like you fire Dude, up some like people doing that. Ball hockey, like rec ball hockey at Fanshawe College. Some asshole stepped on my twig. Yeah, I was watching on Instagram the other day, and it was like beer league or whatever. There's a scrum behind the net, and the guy picks up the guy's twig and just tomahawks it across the the post, and and that like caused a melee because these guys are buying these two hundred, three hundred dollars sticks themselves. I I look back at the amount of sticks I used to shatter in frustration. It's like, man, I wonder what my wonder what my total bill was in my whole career because I was kind of famous for tomahawking sticks into small pieces, and uh, I'm realizing now that those aren't cheap. They're not. Um, I, I will say the one thing I am thankful for being in the hockey broadcasting world is that I really, I got some stuff now. You know, I got some buddies who played, so they always got leftover equipment. I got some twigs built up in my arsenal. So, like, I, I feel for people. I think it's a tough sport to get your kids involved in. Yeah, everybody wants their their son or daughter to be the next stud player, but it, it's a lot of money. It's expensive. Yeah, it's BS what they charge for these sticks and stuff like that. Skates oh. or what's what's the most expensive skate now? Like fourteen hundred bucks. My 
God, yeah. I remember when like four or 500 bucks, everything's going that way. Golf equipment, a $500 driver was outrageous not long ago. Now they're just blowing by 800. So it's the way she's going and it sucks to the people who want to play certain sports, to people that want to get their kids involved in sports and they would enjoy it. They would be good at it. And the fact that the the expense of it is holding them back is a, is a really sad thing if that's the case. Um, I guess in, in, you can look at you know used equipment and you can look at less than the the fanciest brand in the world and it can be done but it's unfortunate that some of the stuff out there is out of people's price range it's uh it's kind of sad really it is and i always remember growing up uh you knew i played baseball and uh one time i went and i had to buy this bat dude it was five hundred dollars a metal bat and (laughs) don't get me wrong this thing had power all the power to my father bought it again uh sport parents are the best they'll do anything for their kid to get them ahead but nevertheless, like flash forward two years later, I'm just at the park playing with my buddy. It was kind of cold outside. It was like 14, 15 degrees. I take a swing and this $500 bat broke in half. I'm like, am I using a wood bat or a metal bat? I could not believe it. And it was like top of the line bat and it broke in half. And that was it. No super glue. I never knew that could happen. I'm not a baseball guy, but I've never seen a an aluminum or metal bat snap in half. Dude, I couldn't believe it. My buddy who was throwing me BP like snapped because a piece almost hit him in the face, man. And this guy had snapping problems to begin with. He was losing. I'm like, dude, what do you want me to do about it? Well, your daddy probably went and bought you a new one, you spoiled little shit. Yeah, pretty much. With that in mind, uh, tough transition. We are going to get to the Leaf Stars preview brought to you by Wendy's a bit later on in the show. But for now, we're going to bring in uh, today's guest. Uh, his name is Mike Camito, author and hockey historian, releasing a new book, Leafs 365, Daily stories from the ice. What's going on, Mike? How are you? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Anytime. Fantastic. I mean, take us through the process. So obviously, it's an exciting time of year, obviously, releasing this book. Yeah. So uh, this is my, uh, I guess, my book hat trick. So this is the third book in the Hockey 365 series. Uh, I did two previously kind of starting back in 2018, did the second one in the middle of the pandemic, which I learned is not a great time to release a book, uh, at least for uh, promoting it and doing a you know, book parties and launches and things like that. But nevertheless, still have a lot of fun doing hockey history. And I figured that when it, when it was time to look at doing a third book, um, you know, thought about taking the concept we'd already applied uh, to those previous books and then adapting it for the Maple Leafs, which was my favorite team growing up, still the you know team that I root for now. So I figured if there was any team that I would start with and really try to dive in for, you know, 365 days of the year, it would be it would be the Leafs. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Right on. Mike, uh, take us through your process. How do you, I wouldn't know how to begin starting to write a book. Is it, uh, is it a long process? Do you have someone like overseeing it with you? Do you go back and edit all the time or do you just wing it out there and how's that all go? Yeah, so it is, it is a bit of a process, but because, you know, I've been doing the same format uh, pretty much for these three books. Like I think I've got it kind of down to a bit of a science now, but basically, you know, what we do is uh, when we get into the book, my first order of business is mapping out all of the stories that I'm going to write. So I know that I've got to come up with 366 stories because I always include one for leap years. And so I basically put together a spreadsheet, go through all of the databases I have and start to like plug in like this, is what I'm going to put for January 15th This is what we need for October 26th. And then once I fill the board, I'll put together a writing schedule um, where I'll honestly get Bristol board old school, go to Dollarama, get 
like six sheets of Bristol board, do big calendars for the months that are coming up and pretty much drop 366 pennies across those calendars until I figured out I need to do, you know, two stories every day for the next five months. And then that'll give me what I need to, to get this done. And then it goes to the publisher, somebody, uh, proofreads it fact checks it and then it comes back to me we've got some revisions do some more work maybe swap out a couple stories and then uh and then we get into the proofing stage where we kind of start to finalize it then it goes to layout and then once it's laid out it's pretty much i'm done with it it goes to printing and then once it's printed that's it uh, there's no going back uh, but it's an exciting time for sure I'm very interested in the uh, thought process, the story process for you, because as you've known since 1967, there have been some dark times for this organization. So what was your mentality? Like, do you start off with some good stories, get the blood flowing before you really go into the anguish or what? (laughs) No, I think the anguish starts off, uh, you know, pretty early into that first (laughs) chapter. I mean, I think January 1st, uh, you know, I did the winter classic at the big house. I thought that was fitting, you know, obviously at the time of year, what else are you going to pick for that day? But, uh, but yeah, I think early into January, one of the things I've included in the book is like milestones that have happened against the Leafs, because I think, you know, if you've been following the team for long enough that, you know, that there's like three rules in life, uh, death taxes and something happening against the Leafs. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I've got moments where, you know, Gila Fleur scores his miles, a milestone goal against Toronto. I've got, you know, moments when, uh, like Gustav Nyquist gets the overtime penalty shot winner against the Leafs. I think the anniversary for that was just a few days ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think as fans of the team, you know, that there's good good, bad, and the ugly. Uh, and there's no way to get around that. What I've tried to do is obviously as a fan of the team, you know, try to highlight, I think some of the more uplifting and, you know, celebratory moments, but by the same token, a lot of those bad moments are just as important to franchise history. And so those need to be included. I try, you know, obviously as the author, I can include moments that I feel are personally significant to me, but knowing that this is a book for a broader audience and for, you know, Lee fans of all, of all uh, stripes, I wanted to make sure that I had a broad appeal. So it's not just all the stories that Mike Comito thinks are fun or funny. Uh, it's It's got, there's a mix of that, but you got to appeal to the to larger base. So I'm hoping that I pick stories that will resonate with, uh, with the broad uh, sector of the fans. Well, I went and checked out a teaser of it, Mike, and uh, went through some of the uh, the samples and examples of what's in there. And obviously the 2013 meltdown there, and it made <laughs> me laugh because it stands out to me. I was with the Maple Leafs, uh, moved on, the lockout happened. Then I ended up with Philly, signed a signed a contract with them. So I was kind of all set and I was at home in the springtime. We didn't get far in the playoffs and I was having my firstborn son and I'm in the hospital and my wife's in labor for quite a bit. So I'm going back and forth to the, like the visiting area and whatnot. And that game was on. So I'm, I'm keeping tabs on it and running in and mm-hmm. checking out how my wife's doing, keeping tabs on it. And I, I left for a little bit and I came back and this meltdown was having, and I was just <laughs> wide eyed looking at the TV thinking to myself, I cannot believe this is happening to them and i remember reimer's wife for some reason looking back at each other and it just stays in my mind because it was a big big moment for me myself and i remember that was going on in the background i'll never forget it but obviously that was touched on as well yeah i I think that's kind of where where i'm hoping you know some of the stories will land is that a lot of fans especially with when we're covering history that's more recent but even fans of uh, an older vintage like you'll see that story and you'll remember for example like something that personally happened to you that day obviously in your personal life that was a momentous occasion but i think in the story i shared in that book like it was about me kind of going through that process you know i'm going to email my uncle and tell him about how excited i am the Leafs are getting through the second round. I'm sure a yeah. lot of people were doing similar texts and phone you calls to friends that. and family. So like, but I didn't send the email though. So at least I had, I had the fourth <laughs> thought to like, maybe let's save this as a draft because there's still a lot of time left. And uh, ultimately that email never went to my uncle, but, uh, but I think a lot of people can see themselves in a lot of these moments. Mike, a lot has happened. The infamous moment that sticks out for me because I was there at Scotiabank arena David Ayer is the legend who's still getting gratuity checks, I think, from the Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> he makes appearances like every season with that team still. What do you recollect from from that game? Like, I, I'm still bewildered, A, how that happened, B, how they actually lost to their Zamboni driver. Yeah, I mean, I had to had to include that one as well, obviously, just because like, again, of all of like the surreal moments in hockey history, that's probably up there. And of course, you know, it happens to the Maple Leafs. And so... Just I I remember watching that game and just thinking, you know, well, this is going to be great. Like he's going to come in and they're going to shell him and like they're going to you know pick up the pick up the couple points. And then, of course, you know, Carolina had other plans. They rallied around him somehow, you know, after letting in those those first couple of goals, like he tightened up the team, tightened up around him. I think 
So it's still just like one of the more bizarre moments in hockey history. And and of course, who who better it to happen to than the Toronto Maple Leafs? <laughs> Mike, I was curious, uh, is there any Harold Ballard stories in this book? Uh, I've gone down his rabbit hole a little bit, and that guy's just legendary for unbelievably odd stories and wild antics. You got some of that in there? Oh, yeah. There's there Harold Ballard looms large in the book. And it's funny <laughs> because right as as I was finalizing the book, I think there was a documentary about Ballard that came out on CBC. And uh, yeah. by that point, the book had already been set. And I, I know that I included a few of those moments in there. But just like these these, you know, him just battling with his players and coaches is, is one that kind of uh, that always happens. Like because he would be no he would never be afraid to kind of wage war in the newspapers and talk about his players and really try to push buttons. And there's one story I can recall that I included where, you know, he was talking about Daryl Sittler and they obviously had a contentious relationship uh, up, up until they, you know, they traded him away to Philadelphia. And he made this comment about how, you know, Sittler you know, he, he, he acts like he needs a sucker every time that he's on the ice. And so the, the, his teammates felt differently about that. So the next time he went into the locker room, they taped all these lollipops, you know, against his, his dressing room, because, you know, they felt that obviously this is the team's best player, regardless of what Ballard says, like, you know, that's their guy. And so I had that story, I had another story in there about like when he died, you know, unfortunately for, for his family, but it's an interesting story because, um, you know, at the time, they wanted to be really secretive where he was being buried because they didn't want the media circus surrounding that. And so they actually told the media, you know, the, the ceremony and the burial was happening somewhere else, but it was really at another location. And so the media went to that spot, but he was really buried, you know, at Park Lawn Cemetery, which was actually Jeff Merrick's first day on the job. So I got a little, you know, wow. tidbit from, from Jeff Merrick on that about starting his uh, first gig working for Park Lawn in the summer and, you know, Harold Bauer uh, burial day. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny some of the stories you hear. Like I used to work alongside Gord Stelic, who obviously has some stories from back in the day in that era. And it's it's been uh, you know so tremendous to see the development of this organization. Even as somebody who grew up in the Pat Quinn era and seeing Ty Domi out there, and now you see Max Domi as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Do you have like a favorite Ty Domi story? There's a lot of them, obviously. Yeah, I mean the one that uh, that is obviously I think a favorite of mine, and I think probably many Leaf fan is you know when he gets into the scrap in the penalty box in yeah. Philadelphia. I mean y- yeah. you can't you can't not include that one. Uh, I can't I can't recall through any other competing stories that day, but like for me, I had covered that you know in one of the previous books, and just I had to include that again. Uh, so I think that's probably there's a couple tied Omi stories, but honestly, you know him and uh, I think it was Chris Falcone. You know he was. Uh, you know, made the mistake of going to the lion's den is I think what they were talking about on the broadcast that that is just not a confined space. You want to fall into, you know, either accidentally or willingly, because I think you could see in that video, if you go back and watch it, that it could have been a lot worse for that guy. Ultimately they ended up settling it uh, out of court. Uh, I think the way that it ended up was that, you know, I recall reading this in, in Taidomi's book that uh, he had sued him like several times and his lawyers, you know, wanted to handle it. And Domi said, no, like this is going on far too long. Like, I'm just going to take care of this. And I think what he ended up doing was he uh, he flew him and his family out to Toronto to catch a game against the Flyers, put them up at the Royal York, gave them a really nice time. And then that was it. Dropped the lawsuit and then they they squashed it. Makes Mike, uh, excellent stuff. <laughs> Lastly, where can people find the book? So it's officially out in Canada right now. So you can get it on uh, chapters or indigo. Uh, you can also get it on Amazon. Although if you go on Amazon right now, it's going to show a different release date. That is just a glitch in the system because it's defaulting to the U S site, uh, which comes out a little bit later in November, but we're working on fixing that bug. But I would also say that if you love to support, you know, your local independent booksellers, you can go to wherever you like to get books. If they don't have Leafs three, six, five there, you can ask them to bring it in and they'll order it for you. Otherwise uh, the publisher as well, Dunder and press, you can get it directly from them. Awesome. Well, congratulations. Thanks so much for hopping on today. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Anytime. That is thanks, uh, Mike Camito, of course. Make sure to go out and check out that book, Leafs 365, Daily Stories from the Ice. And that's all I could think about is some of the negative stories. There's some great times, too. Like the, the Pat Quinn era was a great time to be alive. I know they didn't get to the summit, dude, but they had some good teams. For sure. Look at that pot fan mask in the start. I was obsessed Sick. with pot fan growing up, man. I don't know why I... uh I wasn't a goalie guy. I wasn't even uh, like a Leafs guy growing up, but he was just the end all be all. That mask just brings back some wicked memories. His gear was so sick. I'm trying to track down Podfan, dude. Uh, maybe he doesn't want to do media. I can't find this guy. I want to get him on the show so bad. So we're going to have our game preview in mere moments. You see this wild story out of Ottawa that just broke? I don't know if you did. No. So Shane Pinto, who is still contractless, right? Um, they're, they're, they want this guy back on the team, but they can't make it work financially. 
There's a report out there that he's about to be suspended for 41 games for violating gambling rules. This has, this is a first in the NHL. I've been waiting for this to happen because we talk about this all the time. You get gambling in the game. Somebody's going to go all Pete Rose on you. Yeah, man, you uh, hockey players aren't scared to gamble from my experience. Um, and if you're getting dinged that hard, I would, I don't know, man, 41 games. So half a season I mean, Pete Rose gets canned. Well, so, okay. So let forever. me clarify just to make sure, cause I, I don't want to defame the player. Cause that it's did. a report from Elliot Freeman. Sarah Volley's jumped on it too. Uh, he added that the league didn't accuse Pinto of wagering on NHL games. That's from Friedman. Um, he hasn't played a game this season. So the story's evolving as we have this conversation. Just reading mm -hmm. Frank's tweet, sources say the NHL suspension for Sens RFA Shane Pinto is for sports betting related activity, which would make it the first suspension for sports gambling in league history. So again, we don't have clarity wow. if it's the NHL or something like that, but that's a pretty big story. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm a big uh, believer in you know innocent until proven guilty, which this yeah. society these days doesn't seem to fricking buy into very well. But uh, don't want to say anything. But I I just can't imagine. I'm trying to trying to rack my brain on what could cause a 41 game suspension that doesn't have to do with gambling on hockey. Is it some bookie stuff where it's illegal to gamble? <laughs> Does that even exist anymore? I have no idea, man. Wild story. Uh, let's keep our eye on it. Maybe touch on it again next yeah. show if we get some more clarity on it but that's a big story man a 41 game suspension for off ice stuff involving gambling for a hockey player that's uh yeesh the no, sense can't stay to their own way like just reading a tweet <laughs> from bruce garriock and told the sense have rescinded all previous offers and pinto may have to sign his qualifying offer to officially begin serving the suspension because that's the thing the guy doesn't have a contract so how can you suspend him if he doesn't have a contract like this is a, yeah not, it's so ottawa man He's not an employee. You suspend him from what? He's he's the same as me exactly. and you right now, is he not? I guess you're a member of the PA. I don't... That's, that's wild, man. It'll be interesting to watch that unfold. I hope it's all honest and integrity-based reporting and journalism on it, and not just uh, flagrant sensationalism. Dude, Rosie, I know you're taking that side, but if, if the story is that big they're obviously going to release it like you see it on your screen now it's big enough where people the biggest minds in hockey the biggest insiders are reporting it i don't think there's any again you got to be careful what you say in these situations but there's obviously something to it all i said was i hope it's integrity-based journalism and not sensationalism that's fair enough obviously something happened though and uh i just hope that for this guy's sake i mean look at the baseball player man his, his friggin' someone just accuses him of something that's completely untrue. She's an absolute maniac, and he loses his whole career, millions of dollars. Why? Because the media goes to town and goes ham on Trevor something that's unproven. Bauer. I'm just saying I hope that all the facts are reported on as they come out. Thank you, Nicholas. You're welcome for that podium and that floor. Let's get to the game preview because we made it 40 minutes, barely oh, talked about games. Yeah, there is. Uh, the Wendy's Daily Faceoff Survivor Pool is coming soon. What's that? Well, it's a season-long NHL fantasy game sponsored by Wendy's. Everything will run through dailyfaceoff.com, so you'll create a username and password, be able to play along just like that. It's a Monday to Saturday Survivor Contest where users will be able to make their selection each day in advance. Accordingly, there's going to be prizes, again, except if you're in the province of Quebec. Only a resident in Canada will be eligible for prizes. We're working on getting it to the States, by the way. The prizing will vary on Wendy's' weekly menu items. Also, there'll be a season-long prize of five grand up for grabs. As well. So it's the Leafs and the Dallas Stars. I'm trying to refresh Twitter. I know they're uh, an hour behind Central Time, so I don't know when the Leafs are skating to find out who's starting. I would go with Joseph Wall, but I have a sneaky suspicion it's going to be Ilya Samsonov tonight. Yeah, interesting. It'll be a tough, uh, tough decision by Sheldon Keefe. Uh, it's a, it's an hour later, is it not? It's uh, or is it six o'clock. I think it's six well, o'clock. You're, okay. you're in the, you're in Alberta, so it would be. It would be one hour ahead of you. Yes, 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 yes. Nice. Yeah, that's deep. Uh, yeah, again, tough decision by Keith. You want to get Sammy back in there. You want to get him. I mean, the longer you sit and fester with a bad performance, the worse it gets. But you got to ride the hot hand as well, which they have with Wool. And it's not like they're going uh, up against any kind of a freebie game either if they want to put Sammy back in. I mean, what are they, 4-0-1 here? The, the Dallas yeah. Stars are, are nothing to mess with right now. So be interesting to see. I'll be waiting to see what that decision is. I'm not the one that would want to be making that decision. Um, in a perfect world, you'd just want to ride the hot hand with wall and, and try to finish up this, um, 
this road trip the right way. Uh, who do they got next? Who, who are they finishing the road trip with? Do you know offhand? Yeah, Luke Shen's team, Nashville, Saturday. Ooh, that might be a better one for Sammy, man. We'll see. We'll see. Do you want to get him yeah. back in there? But Wolsey's young. I don't I don't mind playing a guy three games in a row by any stretch of the imagination who's that young and ready to go. That's what I would do personally. I'd give yeah. Sammy one more day, uh, another couple of one more game rather. Ride Wool again, try to get uh to crack that zero on the um the Dallas Stars stat line and then and then yeah. finish it off strong with Sammy. And if if he can pull off a win in in Nashville, then you'll be coming home where everyone's feeling good, everyone's happy, and everyone's back on board. You could really finish off a road trip that didn't start like it was it was looking all that great to start off with. That in a perfect world would how we would do it, but we'll see what Keith goes with tonight. Unfortunately, we're not going to find out, I think, in time before this show ends. But I can tell you, Jake Ottinger is occupying the home goal at the morning skate via David Alter. So he's the projected starter uh, against the Leafs tonight. Uh, you see the Dallas lineup on your screen right there. They're a really good team. It's a, it's another one of those measuring stick games. And I'll just add, if you're in a betting mood, the Leafs haven't lost in Dallas, Rosie, since 2017. They seem to step up there. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah, um, some uh, some high point octane out there too maybe we could look at the over see i know ottinger is pretty good but uh we'll see who's in net first before we start making those plays but yeah definitely a measuring stick game like i said dallas is uh nothing to mess with so far this year but it'd be nice to knock them off the uh the pedestal and get a get a loss in that column for them and I, i'm more interested about who's going to play goaltender right now and then uh, uh see what they go with i like I said, I would like it if they stayed with Sam, uh, with uh, Wolsey and then go to Sammy in Nashville. And if you can get that win in Nashville with Sammy and Net, you know, everything's healed up basically going back home. So we'll see what they do. There's like conflicting tweets, man. Like a reporter in Dallas says Jake Ottinger is not even on the ice for the pregame skate. And then, of course, I just referenced the tweet that says he is on the ice for the pregame skate. So that would obviously be a monumental difference if, there's no Ottinger as opposed to there is Ottinger because I believe last year Wedgwood started against them and the Leafs had their way with him. But like, hmm. I mean, Ottinger is one of the best goaltenders on the planet, right? And yeah. so that's something to monitor. Again, I can't tell you in live time right now as we see like Dallas take to the ice for the morning skate, but no Ottinger. Potentially, it's good news for the Maple Leafs. <laughs> Potentially, unless he just decided to stay off the ice as it's, uh, you know, an optional and he didn't want to. That's pretty rare for a starting goaltender. They usually get some reps in. But if he's if he's not on the ice, then you'd think it would be an injury related. Odd. But I guess we'll have to monitor that and check it out. Figure it out for yourself, people. It's not happening in real time. Yep. Fair enough. Let's get to the uh, Botano wrap up presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. So we've been instructed to talk about the Heritage Classic. Coming up on Sunday doesn't involve the Maple Leafs whatsoever, but it's uh, Edmonton and the Calgary Flames is going to be parties everywhere and Edmonton producer Aaron's going to be there. And I doubt we're going to see McDavid. I know they're holding out hope, but to me, it just smells of like, we want to sell tickets for that game. Rasmus Anderson's um, suspended. He won't play in that game. But the fortunate news to the province of Alberta, one of those teams is going to win that game on Sunday. Uh, you, you can go to the bank with that, Rosie. Yeah, most likely someone's going to come out with a W. But that's a that's a mainstay staple that game, Battle of Alberta outside. Hopefully the weather holds up, but there is some snow on the ground, so it'll look wintry for that classic. And yeah, McDavid's not playing. There's not a chance in hell. I would maybe um, sprinkle the under on that with you know. Ice conditions can get pretty bad. I know they know what they're doing up in Edmonton as far as ice making is concerned, but you just can't handle Mother Nature. And I think it's supposed to be plus temperatures. That slush and stuff builds up so bad. The puck's bobbling everywhere. Guys are scared to go 110. Maybe they can't even see with some sun glare and whatnot. Um, groins get pulled and stuff on bad ice like that. I imagine they're going to maybe be fighting it a little bit, and you could sprinkle the under on that one if you're hitting your botanical okay. bet. want to make some dollar bills. High of plus just, two is expected for Sunday. So producer mm -hmm. Aaron's now our weather guy as well. <laughs> Did I just steal your Botano uh, betting segment or what? No, no, that's fine. We want to talk about the Heritage Classic. Um, I would probably look at dry settle for a point prop in that game, but I'll probably stay away. Leafs and Stars tonight. Um, Austin Matthews, anytime goal. Maybe Jason Robertson, anytime goal as well. I like to jump on those, some shot props. I think it's going to be a fun game. But again, I'm looking forward to seeing... Um, you know, if Ottinger plays in that game, 
unsurprisingly uh, dropping the gloves who are our friends here and our brothers uh, when it comes to the podcast game at the Nation Network. John Scott, who said Austin Matthews was leaving Toronto, uh, he said he's going with uh, Jack Hughes as the top American player right now. Unsurprising. Ooh. Controversial John, and obviously has a has it out for Austin Matthews. So pretty standard, really. No, we thank him here on this podcast because we had a, oh. a short video. I think it's hit like thirty thousand views. Where he's like, he's leaving. There's no way he's staying. He's leaving. And uh, Austin Matthews <laughs> is a Maple Leaf for a long, long time. For the considerable future, yeah, good for Maple yeah. Leafs fans, and hopefully he lights the tits out of Ottinger, whoever's playing in net tonight. And I really hope for good good news on the goaltending background by the end of tonight for the maple leafs but we're waiting make sure you check out dropping the gloves great podcast by the way elliot friedman told pinto suspension officially begins with game one of ottawa's season and is not dependent on him signing a contract this this is blowing my world like i can't wait to go find out more on this situation because this guy everybody's talking about why he hasn't signed yet and people are shitting on Pierre dorian and now this story comes out like this is this is the tip of the iceberg one player and then Shit's gonna happen, I think. Yeah, I, I'm. I can't wait to hear what it is that that it is. I, uh, I can't even. I mean, I, initially you think he was betting on hockey, which you just can't do when you're playing. But can can he not bet on it if he doesn't have a contract and he's not in the league? I don't know. All these ramifications. Hopefully, things uh, clear up by the end of the day and we got some more clarity. But it is definitely a story to watch. Just lastly, Frank Saravalli believed the Sens got wind of an NHL investigation on Pinto in the last couple of weeks, which helps explain why he remains unsigned at the moment. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, many thanks to Mike Camito of Leafs 365. Make sure to go check out that book and buy it and um, read it. Have some fun with it. Of course, a lot of stories with this team. Also coming up tomorrow, good friend of the program, Jackie Redman, big time Leafs fan with the NHL Network and WWE. You see her now on Monday Night Raw, which I think has been great for the uh, wrestling fan and me to see her. We're going to have her on tomorrow to touch base, see how she's feeling about the Maple Leafs. Jack, hey, she's wicked at her job, man. She's everywhere. She's a workhorse, man. So excited to have her on. She is good at what she does. So give her a follow and a check out and come watch the show tomorrow when we interview her. And subscribe to our fucking page already. At the Leafs Nation 401. If you're watching right now, listening right now, and are not subscribed, trust me, more doozies coming your way at the Leafs Nation 401. Search Leafs Morning Take wherever you find your podcast. You guys in the chat were fantastic today as well. So was producer Aaron. Uh, that's Shay Rosehill. I'm Nick Alberga, and we'll talk tomorrow. Take care. Travis probably doesn't even subscribe to Dumb Bastard. <laughs> Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com.